Hello again and welcome to In Taiwan We Speak, your audio guide to Taiwan's mind-blowing linguistic diversity. I am Alexander Shin, and this is the last part of our conversation with Xiang Shengyan, or Paul Xiang, the director of the Taiwanese public broadcaster Hakka TV. Now, <clears throat> when we speak about Hakka language, what was the situation like during the martial law? If I may, I would like to illustrate or answer your question with a um, concrete example. My mother used to run a small restaurant. She told me that when she was younger, like 30 years ago, she never heard anyone else, I mean, in her restaurant, speak Hakka or discuss, communicate in Hakka in public area. But she noticed that it's very common now. Hakka people are more willing to identify themselves publicly. I, I think that is one of the most uh, important thing. Unless you talk, no one else will know you are Hakka. And uh, once we heard someone speaking Hakka, the other Hakka people would be very willing to identify, identify themselves as Hakka too, to communicate or to talk to that person. Ah, you're Hakka too, I am. So that's the thing that we won't be able to imagine during the martial law, or I won't be able to imagine that I could work in a TV station that broadcasted only in Hakka. Before that, before the very important campaign in 1988, Return My Mother Tongue, they even have this Broadcasting and Television Act to ban all the dialects, not only Hakka. You cannot put them on either a program in radio or in TV. So how could I imagine that after 20 years, I can earn my own life by only speaking Hakka? What a huge improvement. Well, I'm a little bit under impression here. <laughs> the, way, the way it's also about your personal experience, but mm -hmm. of course, it's a culmination of centuries of history, often tragic history. I'm sure at this point, our listeners are already in love with what you have to share. Speaking of Hakka TV, not every language in Taiwan, and there's a lot of them, gets a TV station, a TV broadcaster of its own. Mm -hmm. now, how did Hakka language and Hakka speaking community come to this? Mm -hmm. Actually, there are three ethnic television here in Taiwan, Hakka TV, among them, is the very first one. Uh, we were established in the 1st of July 2003, which uh, just marks us the 20th anniversary. And after Hakka TV, two years later, we have TITV, Taiwan Indigenous Television Stations. Then we have Dai TV. So we have this responsibility to be a leader among the ethnic media because we have more experiences and uh, we want other people, not only the audience here in Taiwan, but also we know they are also Hakka people around the world to have the privilege to, like us here in Taiwan, to enjoy our program. So Hakka TV, of course, we are a TV station, but it's not a channel only. We have all, most of our programs broadcasted via our official website, which is 
hackertv.org.tw. And on our seven different YouTube channels, we have our main channels and we have uh, some channels specific on the children's program and also a channel on YouTube for Hacker News. We also like all like you are doing right now. We also have podcast programs. The reason we have podcasts is no matter when, no matter where you are, you can put yourself in a hacker-only atmosphere. Um, I would say what makes this so impressive is in China, they have more than 60 million hacker people. Even so, those hacker people in China cannot enjoy what I am doing here right now. And we have Hacker Affairs Council from the year 2001, and two years later, we have Hacker TV. In the same year, at these three universities, they have the department and the graduate school of Hacker. So year 2003 is definitely a milestone year of mm. the development of Hacker after 1988. But Hakka Affairs Council also supervises, sort of, the Hakka TV's operations? Well, Hakka TV is now a member of public television service. It's not um, governmental um, media. It's not belong to the government. It's not supervised by the government. But actually, yes, um, we got our um, budget from Hakka Affairs Council. Imagine, Hacker TV is a 24-7 TV station. We have around 108 in-house staff. And of course, we commission a lot of our programs. And we produce around 920 hours of new program each year. Then, we have this um, acquisition. We, we buy programs and voice them over into Hacker. It is a TV station with only 108 staff that produce more than 2,000 hours annually. And uh, you need to consider the needs from different dialects. Sometimes we put same programs and a voiceover in six dialects. Hold up, I instantly got like 24 <laughs> questions about this. <laughs> so on Hakka TV, you have programs that go out in six different Hakka dialects. Is yes. that what you're saying? In Hakka TV, we have done this research. The most strong noun in Hakka TV is Hakka. Then the most strong verb in Hakka TV. You want to take a guess? Speak? Transfer or transmit. Broadcast. No, it means our generation and we transfer to our next generation. Oh, pass down. Yes. In order to pass down what we already have to our next generations, Hacker TV pay attention to the program for younger viewers. Because we know if we want to pass down all the languages or the cultural heritages we have, they are the one to take. So at this we need to know what they need and what they want. Mm-hmm. We just celebrated our 13th anniversary. And I have this slogan about the next 20 years of Hacker TV. It's Hacker TV beyond Hacker TV. First of all, beyond Hacker. Of course, we pay most of our attention on Hacker, but Hacker TV is a public media. 
our budget are from the taxpayers in Taiwan, not Hakka taxpayers only, <laughs> no matter what ethnic background you are. So Hakka TV beyond Hakka. Second, Hakka TV beyond TV. Now that the audience, the younger generations are not watch telly anymore, and we go to the places they are. The third one is Hakka TV, although we base in Taiwan and Taiwan is the only place, only country that has Hakka TV, we don't limit it ourselves in Taiwan. Hakka TV beyond Taiwan too. Two weeks ago on the 6th of November, we just hold a event called Ethnic Media Summit. We invited um, our guests from different countries. We have APTN from Canada, NRK Sapmi from Norway, Fakata Mauli from New Zealand, BBC Alaba from Scotland. So those are broadcasters that broadcast in, as you said, less used languages. Exactly. We know compared to them, sort of younger, they might experience something that we will come across in the coming future. For example, the losing of audience can be divided in the case of Akka TV in two ways. The first one I just mentioned because the younger generation, they just don't watch telly anymore. Another thing is, according to the survey we just mentioned in the beginning of the program, although that survey shows there are more Hakka people than last survey, which is five years ago. I guess it's 130,000 more. But actually, the percentage of speaking and listening, I mean, can understand Hakka is losing. Hmm. In the speaking part, 8.5% decreased. That's a lot. Number of people who can speak Hakka yes. in Taiwan. 8.5% decreased compared to five years ago. And in listening, 7.9% decreased. You can tell the trend is going down. That doesn't make sense because now that we discussed earlier, the government, the local community, the media, we had made all this preservation, made all these efforts, but how could less people understand and speak the language? Which means as a media in that base, we are losing our audiences because how could you expect them to watch your program if they don't understand the language. Mm -hmm. So that is the situation we are facing right now. One of the uh, plausible reason, probably because after 50 years of the Mandarin only language policy, if you want to revitalize the language in less than 20 years, it's almost not possible. The trend won't be able to change significantly in maybe half a century, but we did stop the trend of decreasing to a maybe not so dramatic scale. Hmm. When you talk about language revitalization, Hakka TV doesn't do it alone, right? Is there a cooperation with other actors within Taiwan? Yes. For us, we know um, we are playing the role um, to revitalize the language and the culture as a media, as a TV station. And we, the most important thing as a TV station is the content 
we broadcast. So we not only cooperate with Hakka people, we also cooperate with someone who is not Hakka, because we know Hakka cannot just do it by ourselves. Do it with Hakka people only. We need to draw attention from other ethnic, from the mainstream ethnic group too, to cooperate not only with the Mandarin-speaking actors, also indigenous people, or the newly immigrant from other countries like Indonesia or Vietnam.、Hmm. When you hire people into Hakka TV, do you test their skills in Hakka language? Yes and no. We have four different department. For example, news department and program department. If we are hiring a journalist, a reporter, or a host,、um, I guess the fluency of Hakka is the basic requirements. But if the person is looking for a job in, for example, the marketing department or UIXI engineer, we hope. They at least understand the language. For example, when I in a meeting, when I speak in Hakka, I would hope, I would expect at least they could understand and follow what we we are talking about. But every time when we interview people, I will always ask a question: If if you became a member of Hakka TV, are you willing to learn the language? At least I will know their attitude. Right, and their intentions. Yes. I mean, it's very important if you're gonna work so much on putting out content in that language. Yes. Yeah. And all your colleagues all talking in Hakka. If you 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 are not comfortable in that atmosphere, I won't think it's a good working place for you.、And、that's why I ask. It sounds like pretty much a minimum requirement. Yes. <laughs> well, that is the end of our conversation with Paul Xiang. Paul, thank you so much for your time and for this super informative interview. Thank you, Oleg. The honor is on mine. And dear listeners, thank you for being with us. If you enjoyed our series about the Hakka language, then please share this program with your friends and give us some boost on social media. And of course, don't forget to come back next week for another one of Taiwan's fascinating languages. Once again, this was in Taiwan we speak, your audio guide to Taiwan's mind-blowing linguistic diversity. I am Oleg, and see you next week.